Hey there, Theme Park Attacks, and welcome to Theme Park Sandbox, a place where we use our imaginations to pitch the most ambitious attractions that you've never heard of. My name's Drew. My name's Aaron. And today's challenge is really, really interesting. So Aaron, I was at Universal Studios the other day and I noticed that there was something missing on the Studio Tram Tour and that thing was Whoville. Whoville is completely gone. Whatville? Whoville. Whereville? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Whoville has been taken down. Yeah, so that actually gave us the idea, hey, what should be in its place right now? They tore it down. I mean, it makes sense that they tore it down, right? It, it was 20 years old, uh, 21 mm. years old now. And it was it was kind of showing its age. And most of the sets were actually built out of styrofoam at the time. So right. I'm not surprised that they took this as an opportunity to kind of demolish it. Um, but, man, I, I'm kind of disappointed with what they replaced it with. They essentially replaced it uh, with a parking lot full of different movie cars. Um, that don't have any, you know, placards explaining, you know, what movie they came from or anything like that. So, uh, it was, yeah, it's, it's a parking lot. Yeah, it's it's definitely a parking lot, and it's really weird. Well, and it's a lot for you to say that you don't appreciate movie cars replacing something, but I think that this is an example where there's such opportunity in that huge space where we've already got some awesome prop cars that have context and that have excitement and the cars really mean something. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that we can do much better with that little plot there, tie it into the tram tour and make it really exciting. Yeah, definitely. I'm already kind of upset with how they treat the movie cars. We've definitely mm -hmm. talked about that in our previous uh, yep. episodes. Um, so just to just throw them in a parking lot. Uh, I mean, it, it's as a car guy, it's pretty disrespectful, but I get it. Right. It's a movie car. Uh, but that made us think, like, what kind of attraction should replace it? Should there be an attraction that replaced it? I know that during Christmas time, they used to do, like, a little fun musical demonstration uh, for Whoville, which was pretty neat. But it's just a blank space, essentially. So that got us thinking, what kind of attraction would we add to the tram tour? Now, uh, it is a little bit more complicated than you think, too, because not, it's not just like a ride where you can choose however long the experience wants to be. It has to be pretty short. Like Earthquake um, is only about two minutes, believe it or not. It feels like an eternity, um, but it has to be around two minutes and it has to be reset very quickly for the next right. tram. So that kind of brought up a whole new list of challenges that I wasn't expecting, but I think we've come up with something pretty cool. So let's get into the pitch. Let's get into it. Awesome. So uh, the idea that I had for the tram tour is using an IP from Universal that is currently being used in Florida, but is completely non-existent in California. And that is The Born Identity. One of my favorite movies. I mean, who doesn't like The Born Identity? It's a great story. It's got great action. And what I would like to do is I would like to have an outdoor experience for the tram tour to pull up to. And then a bunch of things happen out of the blue. Because what we're used to seeing at the tram tour is you pass by some sort of building facade, whether it be Five Points, Texas or uh, Wisteria Lane. And then kind of nothing happens. It's just buildings mm -hmm. that are historical. Um, but I like the idea of the tram pulling up to a facade that's supposed to look like a government building or like a U.S. embassy. Um, 
And then Aaron, you had an idea too with, with what the tram would be pulling onto. Why don't you explain that? Right. So the non-static aspects of the tram tour um, are those 360 screens where the tram comes into an indoor soundstage. They lock the wheels in and give you this motion simulator with projected images and the whole nine. You know, we've we've seen Kong. We've seen the Fast and the Furious. Um, uh, when I mentioned this to Drew, he... Uh, he didn't realize that on Jaws, the Jaws section, where the shark comes up and attacks the tram, there was for a long time that same locking mechanism to the tram wheels, and it would tilt the tram towards the water. So I thought, how cool would it be to lock up the tram wheels in front of this otherwise kind of like, you know, boring looking government official building, <laughs> sort of like sterile looking, you know, prop building, and uh, lock the wheels in so that we could actually feel what's going on with some of these, uh, some of these, well, we'll call them situations that are about <laughs> to unfold for our guests. Definitely. So it would actually be something a little bit more interactive and I think surprising on two, two fronts. And Drew, like this is the kind of stuff that you and I love is the surprise uh, catching catching people off guard with experiences. So the one would be that it's an interactive experience, but it's also happening outdoors. And I think with the exception of Jaws, am I missing anything? Everything else is like fairly static. Maybe like Norman Bates coming at you with a knife, but I don't know that he does. The, I know he doesn't do that all the time. Right. And I don't know that he's doing that now. It's very rare to catch Norman Bates nowadays um, mm. charging at people on the tram, but it's, it's such a simple thing. Just have a live person yeah. come out and interact with the tram and it, and it definitely creates a memorable moment and like people actually get scared, which I think is really cool. Um, so I like the because idea it's a of, person, right. it's not an animatronic either. That like, there's no denying that it's a scary looking person with a knife who does not look like he's having a good day. <laughs> right. Totally. And then having the interactive, uh, rails for the actual tram tube will definitely help with sight lines. Uh, we'll, yes. we'll get into how that affects the show a little bit later. But um, yes. so when you are in the tram, one of the greatest tools um, that they can use is the person, the host that is talking into mm -hmm. the microphone and explaining all the things that are happening around you. So I love the idea of the tram pulling up to the U.S. Embassy building and the person saying like, oh, uh, this is our U.S. Embassy set. Uh, currently, it's not actually in production. And then the driver slams on their brakes because there's two black SUVs blocking the way of the tram. And then some agents get out of the car you know, start talking to the host saying, we're looking for somebody named Jason Bourne. Have you seen him around? And that's when Jason Bourne climbs up and takes a seat on one of the tram seats. Uh, obviously, the trams do have uh, guardrails to keep people from getting in and out. So it would have to be kind of a dedicated show seat for that performer. Right. But I don't think that's too difficult to do. Um, but I like the idea of Jason Bourne sneaking onto your tram while the federal agents are talking uh, to the driver and to the host of the tram. And as they make their way back, uh, they recognize it's Jason Bourne. And of course, the scene that we have to pull out from the movie, which is my absolute favorite scene, is the red bag scene. You, red bag, the red bag, stop right there. Put your hands up. 
when he's walking out of the U.S. Embassy, or he walks out of the bank with the burn bag, right? Like the red mm-hmm. bag. Uh, and yep. then he walks into the embassy to evade police. But then it kind of all goes down <laughs> inside the embassy. Um, so that's when they we would start seeing a lot of like stage combat, um, lots of like action, basically, with... Uh, one of my favorite aspects that I think translates perfectly to, the, to this type of experience is how much climbing there is yeah. in the scene. Yeah. You know, he's like climbing up in, a, in this like broken fire escape and he drops the bag at one point and just the cinematography overall does a really great job of giving you the sense of this is very, very high up off the ground. Yeah. You see the snowfall and you see how long it takes for the snowfall to like make a great distance. And then when you actually see the bag fall basically from Jason Bourne's point of view, you're like, oh, wow, that's a fall. Yeah. That it's... is a and, and you get to then see this in real life. You see this guy three, four or five stories up on this building. I think that would just be awesome. Incredible. And being able to hide the fall bags and all that cool stuff so that he could be pushing agents off and seeing people fall and it throws debris up in the air, like really selling it. Yeah, for sure. So at this point, Jason Bourne is fighting agents outside of the U.S. Embassy. But then we find out that the building is not just a facade. Uh, it's actually a full interior stage for combat scenes. And what I mean by that is I would like the front of the building to rotate 90 degrees so that you get a view inside with all the staircases and what's happening with the stage mm-hmm. combat. Um, that's something that I know you haven't seen uh, the Born Stuntacular in Florida, but that's how a lot of those things work. They they rotate right. a lot of their set pieces um, because obviously the tram and the audiences are too big. You can't just like move a perspective of an audience. It's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not... Um, carousel of progress you know what i mean <laughs> that's right even the the um the plot of land that we're talking about it's not like you could you'd have to make some pretty significant changes to have like another area where the tram could drive and repark and then timing that with a uh timing that with the actors the stunt actors and then timing that with resets and everything i like the idea of you are the camera essentially exactly the set exactly. moves to you wherever mm-hmm. you are so uh, you are the camera you're seeing jason Bourne, you know absolutely destroying all of these u.s agents and then he climbs up to that peak that you were talking about that little fire escape where it's kind of a yeah. dead end and he jumps off the building and does kind of like a you know some parkour or something like that uh, and at the end i love the idea of the tram um busting through those two black federal cars at the end almost as if we're escaping with jason Bourne. like we're at this point we're so like dedicated and we we want to be like a part of his team so bad that the tram driver just goes and then the cars would obviously be on actuators and just look like they're getting totally mm-hmm. like busted away as we escape return of the fast and furious kuka robots yeah no it's for sure you <laughs> totally could that's what it would be yeah yeah but um yeah so that's kind of you know obviously we would have to drive away with extreme ways by moby the, like the famous you know born identity song <laughs> yeah and now i i like the idea too so like you were saying with the vehicle and rails obviously our set is going to be on multiple levels so um, that yeah. was one of the things that always bothers me specific that bothers me specifically with 
uh, the Jaws section is that unless you're on the right side of the tram, I mean, you get like a, a slight glimpse of Jaws because it, it doesn't rotate anymore. So, Right. And I mean, and that's why they tilted it. It was, I mean, I think partly it was for like the, the terror of it, which works really well and right. really cool, but it's effectively turning it into stadium seating. I mean, everyone's still looking off to to the, their right, but now you have kind of this like tiered view so that everyone gets to see what's going on pretty easily. Totally. And then in this case, when Jason Bourne goes up, um, they would tilt back so that everybody can see right. him fall or or climb down or jump down or any That's right. bad guys that he kicks off the second floor. You know, something like that would be super cool. Because if, if you're on the far side of the tram, like, you know, in the Jaws case, it's kind of just inverted because now there's people up very high. And so then you're just trying to look through the canopy right. of the tram vehicle. So that's not going to be fun. It's got to have a way to be able to tilt and and adjust your view so that there is no bad seat in the house totally and i love the idea of having i mean you got to have some sort of explosion i mean it's it's born identity you know mm-hmm. so i like the the idea of some sort of explosion kind of jolting the the tram back as if a shock wave hit the tram right. but it's it's really really interesting how difficult it is to create these experiences for the tram. Uh, like I, I did not think it was going to be that hard, but you really do have to fit something in within two to three minutes max. I would say Fast and the Furious is is the longest one for mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it is very long. The whole sequence between you entering the building, the pre-show, and then the attraction. I mean, it's probably over five minutes. So, and it makes you appreciate the fact that. You know, the creative teams at Universal are thinking about reset time and having a wide variety of experiences that can be replicated like immediately and exactly and perfectly with minimal downtime. This has never happened to me and I can't actually, I don't even know if I've seen like a video or something. Is there even a way that the tram would bypass the Fast and Furious ending if ever it needed to? That I think if anything, it would probably bypass the pre-show if it needed to be right. shorter, right? Right. Well, I'm not thinking it needs to be shorter. I'm thinking just for like a technical reason, like if that if that portion of the ride is down, if they're doing maintenance on the screens or something, uh, whatever they're doing, hopefully they're improving the graphics is what I hope they're doing. But right. that aside. <laughs> I think there is. I think there's a way for them to bypass the attraction completely. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I... I said on our Universal Studios overrated underrated episode Uh, we'll link that down below so you guys can watch that but like I mean it is pretty amazing that they can have an attraction that is an hour long but they can make edits to it at any point in time yes that is just so cool and and it really truly is underrated I think it's really amazing I mean the the Whoville change of experience is an example of that or they're going to edit it based on the shooting calendar you know when there's right. someone that's rented an area of one of the city uh one of the city blocks or like when we were there and they're doing um once that upon Tarantino a time in film. Hollywood yeah that's right that's right and like we had to be real quiet I mean that wasn't really adjusting the direction of the tour but it certainly was changing the experience of the tour yeah and adding that level of authenticity that is like super crazy. Yeah. I saw recently that Vin Diesel was like handing out hats to one of the trams that was coming by like a week or two ago. 
And I don't think he was filming anything. I think he was just there, like, to be, like, a... I mean, maybe shooting, like, Fast and Furious 9 promo stuff. I think they were, because when I was waiting in the line for mm. the tram tour last week, there was a new Fast and the Furious 9 promo. So I'm pretty sure ah. that's why they were filming there. Um, but on that note, as far as the Universal Tram Tour 2, I want to let you know, Aaron, I don't know if it was us or someone else, but they finally have a tram that's electric. I kid you not. That was one of the things that you and I talked about on that episode where we said, like, if you're in the first two cars, all you hear is those diesel engines and all you smell is exhaust. They've got a full electric one. They just used it and tested it. Uh, at a pride event that they had so i'm super excited to ride on that for the first time i think it's like finally finally i mean that maybe opens up an opportunity that you could shoot out of the gate a little faster (laughs) yeah exactly split those suvs a little harder yeah like really really like freak some people out totally i would love the day where they're like all right everybody put your over the shoulder restraints on it's time for the tram tour (laughs) let's just put the whole tram on a kooka robot let's just do it there we go there we go yes exactly exactly but anyway this this exercise was a true eye-opener for me i you know we talk about creating ride experiences from beginning to end with really no time restrictions but with the tram, it's got to keep on moving. So it was an interesting challenge. I think that we've created an attraction that is definitely repeatable multiple times per day. No yes. problem. Uh, with a limited cast as well. And like I said, mm-hmm. really utilizing that host. Not that they don't, because they definitely utilize they definitely that host. Do. But um, kind of, you know, getting that host to be a little bit more surprised so that it surprises everybody else too. But we'd like to hear what you guys think about what kind of attractions uh, you would put in the tram tour as well. Are there any IPs that you would like to see or or maybe adjust? Or are there things from Florida you'd like to see in California that can be adapted to the tram tour? That'd be kind of interesting, actually, because we have two tram attractions that are normal attractions in Florida. So if you could, right. if you can swap it, I'd be really impressed. So uh, leave a comment down below and let us know. We want some more ideas for what kind of attractions to pitch. Today's challenge was fill in an empty void where Whoville once was. Well, now it's a parking lot. So fill in a parking lot <laughs> with a real legitimate fun and memorable experience. So give us a challenge. Challenge us to come up with a new attraction. Let us know in the comments. And remember, you can always catch us anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And on our Instagram, Aaron and I, since the parks have reopened, we're going to the theme parks all the time. We're having a great time. So make sure you catch up with us on there and tag us. If you go to the theme park and you see something new, um, you know, be part of our crew, the theme park sandbox crew. Let us know what's going on in the theme parks that we might have missed. But uh, other than that, Aaron, this was really great. I think we made a pretty cool attraction. I love it. Thank you, theme architects. We will see you in the next one. Bye, guys.